0: Citizens of the Galaxy, welcome to another edition of Sabak Talk. We are here. I'm here with Blake. We're both using uh professional podcast microphones. Finally, we
1: are we're making it in the big leagues, you
0: guys. <laughs> we're in business. I mean, this is what all of your listens have uh, have bought me is a podcasting microphone. That's actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not true. I got a grant from a school, but anyway, we are here and we're gonna be talking. This is our second episode of Sabak Talk, where we are in the age of republic. And so today, we've basically got two big things we're going to cover. Within the Age of Republic, this week, we're going to start off talking about a Star Wars comic that's called Star Wars Age of Republic, Jango Fett. And the subtitle is In Training. And so this is a canon comic book, and it's about Jango Fett. He kind of comes across as not that important of a character in the movie, Attack of the Clones. But really, Jango fetts he's really interesting and cool. So... We're going to get into some Django Fett stuff. That's one part. And then later on in the podcast, maybe the bigger part of the podcast, we are going to be revealing and going through our scoring and ranking of all 16 chapters of The Mandalorian. And I think it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, I don't think people are going to be happy. People might be happy. We'll see. It, it'll be a, a whirlwind of emotion, I think. So I'm excited, though. Yeah.
0: So buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be it's going to be really great. This is Star Wars talk for the average fan. So let's talk about Jangle Fett
1: our first ever spotlight episode on uh, a sub-character and I don't know. It's weird because we were kind of talking about this, but there's literally like nothing canon about him. I don't know why, you know, I don't get why no one's even come out about like a story about him. Like that's canonized or any, like anything really. He's not even like any series or so it's kind of weird. It's kind of interesting that this dude plays a huge role in the uh, Clone Wars and is like not even... I barely smidge on the map of Star Wars, you know?
0: Yeah, it's really weird. Um, And it's, it's interesting because I feel like that time period between the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones is so barren. But, like, the time period that's even shorter between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and definitely Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is those time periods are like jam-packed with a lot of, uh, you know, anthology stuff. That's like true,
1: I didn't think about different
0: that. Different supplemental canon, yeah. But like, we have nothing that's, well, I don't want to say nothing, but we don't have hardly anything that it takes place in between, you know, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Just to, not to start off with like Spice Dream stuff or just kind of like thinking <laughs> like a- aspirationally, but it's like, I, there's like a lot of stuff I'd love to see um, in that time period. And I haven't read the Count Dooku book that came out recently. I know, either. I want to read that for sure yeah and i think uh, it's like i'm I'm like it's a toss up right now and it's even for this season of Sabak talk if i want to do master and apprentice or i want to do this count dooku book yeah because both those books are age of the republic books i want to read and then we have all the high republic stuff too but i'll get into that i'll get into that later down the line but um it's kind of odd to me when i think about it. i'm like why don't we have like a young young anakin and obi-wan like
1: yeah that'd be cool too yeah
0: like the adventures of obi-wan and anakin because i mean they were together as master and apprentice for what? Like, like 10, nine, nine or 10 years. Right. Yeah.
1: I know. And they crack, you know? they kind of crack jokes in attack of the clones. And you're like, like At about stuff that's yeah. happened. And you're like, I have no idea what's happening. You know, or like, I mean, that w- that's true. That would be cool to see that. Yeah. I kind of, kind of mentioned this in our last episode, but I don't think it made the final cut, but hmm. yeah, I think it'd be so cool to have like, Origin movies or origin stories for some, some Star Wars characters. And yeah, I feel like the X Men origin movies are not that great, but like the concept I really like of, you know, kind of showing these uh-huh. X Men that are like how they became the be I would love to see a Palpatine one, like a really dark, you know, evil Palpatine origin story. And then like a Django Fair would be sick. And like even Boba yeah. too, like, you know, I know they kind of scrapped that idea, the Boba movie, unfortunately, but it's like that would be. That's such a missed opportunity. I feel like that'd be so fun and so cool to see like the different
0: side of Star Wars that we've never seen before. Yeah, it'd be awesome. And I've, I said it, I think in one of our last episodes is I feel like Daniel Logan, the, the actor who plays young Boba could play like a, like a young adult or young ish uh jango fett i don't know they
1: should use him man you
0: know yeah they should and he's very active online you know he's he seems to really love star wars and have like a passion for it so
1: i know we're trying to get him on our podcast you guys <laughs> <laughs> so if you yeah. know him, you know, reach out to him
0: but no i totally agree about like the, the origin stories kind of stuff would be super interesting and since i got kicked off last last week's episode i'm going to say one thing from last week's episode that i was going to say is an idiot's array okay cool and i think it's like a huge stretch but I don't know if you've ever read some of like the canon stuff about uh, a very sub character in the Phantom Menace, who is uh, Captain Panaka. Have you ever heard about his canon? No, never. So he ends up uh, joining the Republic as an officer and eventually becomes a, a moth in the Empire. What? Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's crazy yeah and so my idiots array was like wouldn't that be so cool and so intense if they brought him back in the obi-wan kenobi series and so it comes like full circle um from episode one you have this guy quarsh quarsh panaka as a moth now that'd be amazing dude hunting down obi-wan yeah so i'm just gonna i don't know where you want to put that in but that's something i wanted to say last week oh yeah definitely we need to hear that
1: i I know i was so bummed and we couldn't get connection, but it ended up being a really good <laughs> episode. But it was still we we needed your wisdom, man.
0: <laughs> oh. <coughs> Django fat. Let's start with Django.
1: And this is you know obviously recent canon. We it has been confirmed in the Mandalorian episode uh, fourteen, the tragedy that you know um, Django was born on Concord Dawn and was a in fact a Mandalorian and fought in some of the Mandalorian civil war they don't they weren't very specific but he was a foundling so Mm -hmm. that was kind of cool information that kind
0: of came to light and you know I I like that you know I like to hear that Mm -hmm. yeah Django's a badass you know I feel like that's just like through and through like he's so cool and I love one of the things I really love that dawned on me through the Mandalorian and just through even reading this comic was just how cool of a life cycle his armor has and that there's like this time period here like just aesthetically speaking like from a design standpoint it has like the silver and blue and really sleek look and then it ends up sort of um, what we see in the original trilogies the green and sort of the more battered look and then and then you know now in mandalorian um, boba cleans it out or like repaints it or whatever yeah and it's just like such history you know it's really cool
1: yeah it is cool and um i think the whole storyline it's like that that's something like you know i want to see and it's kind of, i feel like it's kind of weird that people love boba from the originals but like i feel like they don't have the same feelings about Django. and like i feel like Django had honestly more screen time and done, did more in the movie than you know boba originally did back in the day yeah so interesting that why like his character and they're obviously like the same person like the same mm-hmm. pretty much the same armor it's like so i wonder why like, do you know like what, do you have any theories on that like why people don't
0: like people don't talk about Django as much or anything well, I think I think part of it has to do with just like, well, I mean, generationally, I think that, well, it's, it, it is odd because what I was going to say is like generationally, people like have this huge affection for like the original trilogy. But I think that for the first like 10 years of their existence, the prequel trilogy was sort of this, you know, a lot of people just like rejected it in general and like were not fans of the prequels. Yeah, and that's a good so, point. I think that just that like nobody nobody in the prequels was considered super cool and super badass like there was no until like until obi-wan was probably the first one that really started to gain traction people were like you know what obi-wan's pretty awesome and then i feel like through the clone wars people started to gain more of an appreciation for maybe like general grievous and um, some of the other characters and then the clone wars characters took on a life of their own and then people are now are starting to kind of like re revisit the idea of Count Dooku being a really compelling character. Um, he's now has a book and everything. And, you know, and the prequels in, in general are sort of like taking on like a whole second wind. Um, but I feel like Django has sort of been left behind in that second wind. Like nobody's, nobody's talking about like, Oh, Django Fett was actually really, really cool, which is kind of weird. I don't know why that is. I know. And like
1: when, when I saw Attack of the clones, I like love Django. He was one of my favorite characters and they came out with that video game, which we're going to talk about too in the, like in a little bit, but mm-hmm. like, I just thought he was so cool. He just looked so cool. And the double, you know, twin blasters and he had yeah. that demeanor and especially in attack of the clones is that part where that, um, that Jedi jumps up on the balcony and he just like shoots him and then he like quickly, you know, whips his gun into his holster again. And I'm like, dude, this dude is so cool. And then hey,
0: dude, that's Coleman Trebor,
1: dude. I know, sorry, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> all the names, but
0: uh, I know I should.
1: I should know. I, I
0: probably shouldn't actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then I got the video game, and I just fell in love with his character, and I always liked Django so much, and I so I've yeah. I've always I wanted more Django, but like we've never been able to get anything. So his yeah, blaster wh-
0: pistols are so cool. I know
1: they're cool, and it's like I wish that we could. I wish that there was something, or people would, you know, kind of talk more about him, but. Yeah, this, even in this comic, it's, like it's, so, it's only like 24 pages. So it's like, it's really short. And I feel like even yeah. half of it is even focusing on like Boba too. So it's like, it's not even like a full story on Django.
0: Yeah, it's true. I, I did like the comic though. I mean, it was something that it was a little bit, I feel like as a comic, it feels a little juvenile. And the fact that it's sure. sort of, it is a lot of it is, I feel like the overall arc of the comic is emphasizing Boba. Um, and Django's sort of just like this mentor, and it's not—it's not like it's a story about Django. It's more of a story about Boba. It was—it felt a little bit juvenile and like kind of childish because it's about a child. But I get that, you know. Like I, if I was a kid reading this, like, and I was like fifteen or even like ten, like anywhere between ten and fifteen, I would have been like so stoked on this comic. I think because it's like this kid is like you know getting trained by his dad and you know doing all this badass stuff with these bounty hunters and and all this. And I—I I mean, yeah. Is a really cool uh, comic in that regard.
1: Yeah, and that's it's another thing too that's weird. Is these comics, these Age of Republic. There's only eight of them. There's four for like four villains, and then four for um like jedi or something i know there's one uh, on Qui Gon, and so it's like, yeah. it, that, like that's it they only have eight of them and it's like why are they so short and i'm like why are they stopped so it's it's just weird that there's not there's like really nothing canon like you were saying earlier like about this time period it's so weird so
0: strange did you like i mean what did you like about this comic i guess
1: yeah the comic's cool and like the, because there isn't that much about um django so it was nice to see a little bit they it really shows. He like he has like these flashbacks as he's he's doing the. So I guess the preface of the comic is he's doing this job with Boba to kind of teach Boba, you know, his, kind of his ways. But have like these flashbacks of you know him meeting Count Dooku and like him being hired as to be the clone br- blueprint and him going to Kamino and the talking to Kaminoans and and it shows like the Kaminoans are like, man, look at all these clones. Like we have like tons of like millions of clones and none of them have fallen below the physical or mental attributes that they should be at. And you must be really proud. And Jingle's like, well, I didn't do anything. It's just, you guys are the ones cloning. And so, and he got paid, you know, tons of money. So it's just, it was like a little bit of a glimpse. So I liked that a lot to see a little bit more of who his character is and kind of who he is as a person. And he seems, you know, kind of like down to earth and not like a, you know, kind of a dick or anything. He just kind of like, Oh yeah, it's just another
0: job. And I kind of like that. I liked how the comic like emphasized um, Django's like notoriety as well. Yeah, that's true. Like he's well known in that world of bounty hunting and he's like the best that there is. And it seems like he's the best that there is. I guess I can't say that for sure.
1: Yeah. And so what I didn't like though was again, it's like, why don't they go into more depth of why he was chosen as the clone or as the clone blueprint? Because they yeah. have, they say like, so Count Dooku approaches him as Tyrannus. Uh, mm-hmm. which is his sith name so he just calls him as Tyrannis. and he says hey we've heard your notoriety like you're the best one of the best or the best gal- uh, bounty hunter galaxy want to use you hire you for a job but like if you go to the star wars video game bounty hunter and this is a full legends game unfortunately like the reason they picked um jango is because Dooku had this old apprentice that kind of went rogue and went crazy and she became this cult leader and her like her crime syndicate was growing up growing vastly and uh, palpatine didn't like that he thought he was she was kind of like a threat and so Count Dooku put a bounty on her head of like 10 million credits and then he said whoever wins whoever gets here was also be the blueprint of the cl- blueprint of the clone so i was like that that makes sense you know it's like that's yeah that's something cool that's like oh yeah this person is clearly smart they're physically capable and so it's like they have this killer instinct so yeah let's lose them it's a it's the clone bl- blueprint not just because we heard that but because they actually proved it so kind of interesting but i really like that a lot
0: yeah i like that that's a good storyline it's fun the only thing that he says in the comic is um there are few who have your reputation jango fett both in terms of your skills and your discretion fewer still who are human
1: maybe that that human part is kind of interesting because i have heard that the uh emperor that palpatine was racist he didn't like he only liked humans
0: yeah i've heard that too and um i'm i don't I don't know the the truth behind that, but it definitely would appear so, you know? I know he didn't like uh,
1: droids because he thought, you know, clones were superior in every way, which they are. I mean, they're way more reliable and they do could do so much more than droids. So he was definitely smart in using like a clone army and developing this clone army. So,
0: I mean, that's like the thing. That's one of the things that is interesting when we talk about the Age of Republic is it's just so hard to like get a get a full grasp on like what to what to feel good about because so many things are are being sort of puppeteered by Palpatine in the age of the republic you know like there's things I can I can be like oh that was really cool or that was like like good for them or something like that but it's like is is that really like something that I should be happy about or is this just another another piece of Palpatine's master plan you know it's I kind know
1: of I know I love that I love that there it's so clouded and it really does make you think, and you know, last week watching Phantom Menace, I was like, "Man, what really was like actually the will of the Force, and what was Palpatine?" And I, I love that they don't really explain specifically what this. So I just, I love that concept that nothing is really set in stone of what we know for sure happened. So
0: I like that a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting for sure. Well, anything else about Django? Yeah, I just want to say. About?
1: I, I was listening to this other po- other podcast called porcelain peak and they're actually pretty good. They're doing kind of star Wars, like a star Wars month right now. But mm-hmm. anyways, they talked about how, which I didn't know this, but I guess in the originals they had, uh, Tamara Morrison, uh, go in and re-record some of the Stormtrooper lines. So that they sound oh, really, like, they sound like his voice. And, uh-huh. and so they were saying that they, they kind of, they were calling it like it was messed up, you know, in the, in the originals that George Lucas didn't really plan out the clone, like the prequels. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't, I kind of feel like he did have a plan, but the reason, and they talked about also too, like the stormtroopers, like they would, they started to recruit and they couldn't use clones anymore. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that, I just want to get that out there. So people know is because they need, you need like a continual source of DNA to continue cloning. Um, And so that's why Django had to live on Kamino. And that's why later, you know, in the age of empire, um, that they didn't, they stopped using clones because they couldn't keep developing them with no DNA from Django anymore. So, they needed yeah. continual samples from him to continue cloning.
0: Yeah, and I and I remember that's int- I mean, that's an interesting critique to like to drop against George Lucas. I think like I mean, how high are our expectations as fans if we're expecting him to have the entire prequel trilogy like meticulously planned out? when he's coming out with his very first movie in 1977. Like that's just, (laughs) it's ridiculous. The fact that he was able to narrate back in so many things that that do make sense in the timeline is one of the most impressive storytelling feats I've ever seen in my life. Maybe the the most in cinema, you know? Like the fact that I can watch the scene between Obi-Wan and Luke when they're in Obi-Wan's house in A New Hope and all the things that Obi-Wan says um are things that i see in the prequel trilogy it's honestly mind-blowing when you really think about how that yeah. was recorded in 1977 and they were able to make a trilogy out of it so
1: you no know, that part's so good too it's so deep once you realize once you watch the, the prequels
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, they've, and, and I, and they go back and they retcon some things and they go back and they, and they fill some different things in and and change some things and I'm okay with it. It's nothing like drastic. And there's really not like a whole lot of incoherence. It's not like it's the sequel trilogy where like there it's clearly, (laughs) clearly the plot wasn't going, you know, where, where we get at the end of the rise of Skywalker was clearly not where the plot was going in force awakens or in the last jedi like each one is completely different
1: man can we ever go an episode without bashing the sequels no <laughs> no
0: <laughs> it's just so bad oh man oh gosh but i mean like it's i mean right they've given it to us as a standard to like you know we, when we think about star wars and we're we're reviewing and critiquing star wars i mean we got to think about the most recent stuff that's come out as sure. you know one of the things that's part of sort of like a standard to go off of, it. and you know, they set the bar pretty fricking low. <laughs> <laughs> but um, th- but to bring that back to Django, I mean, and what you're saying with the cloning, I think that you know they've done like a decent job of of you know, putting that into the timeline and explaining that through. Even in like Rogue One, there's a line two stormtroopers walking on the beach in Scarif, and they're talking about how they had recently switched their weapons. Um, that they were no longer issuing um, i can 't remember the name of the rifle uh, blaster, but um, basically it was the blaster that the clones were issued
1: oh that's cool. I that 's cool and
0: and they 're now doing the e33 which is the is the standard weapon of the stormtrooper and so there, there are little subtle things thrown in there that give you an idea of the the republic making that full transition from you know what we see at the end of episode three to what we see in the original star wars so Django 's interesting too I want to point one thing out is in the the chain code script in uh the tragedy it does it does have the name of um mentor who had the the armor before him and this is a character named uh yaste it says mentor mentor yaste that's j-a-s-t-e um and so this is a character that was part of his his, Part of his story in legends and was a little bit more fleshed out and then is doesn't have anything really about them in canon. It's interesting. I think that them just introducing that name back into canon could be like a door, an opening door to exploring more of Django's background.
1: Yeah, and maybe in um, the Book of Boba, maybe we'll see some flashbacks or something, which would be, that'd be kinda cool. Him like that'd be sweet. Seeing him being taught by his dad or something. I think that'd be sweet.
0: Well, there's so many. Yeah, there's so many different directions this could go. And one thing that we know for sure is that you know viewers love Mandalorians. Yeah, you know that's true. And or they and they love they love the aesthetic and they love like the the character of this you know badass bounty hunter. Like people were obsessed with Boba for so long, and you know the Mandalorian, the TV show has been crazy popular. And so I think if they were to go back and do like a Django Fett show or something, I think it would be, I think it would be successful, you know?
1: Yeah. That'd be, that'd be really cool.
0: Well, what are we going to get in? Or do we have anything else to say about Django? I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about a comic because I don't even know how to review. I don't know how to evaluate how good a comic book is, to be honest.
1: We got everything we wanted to say kind of give a little, give a little love to Django a little um, that's not a character that's really overlooked, I think
0: so. Well then, should we get into our Mandalorian reviews already? Are we ready for that,
1: dude? Let's do it. I'm. I've been waiting. We've been talking about this for a month, and it's finally
0: here. (laughs) Let's just do it, man. All right, let's do it. Let me. uh, Let me pull up our categories, and so I can run through the categories. So, you know, I'll. I'll just admit it right now. You know, I've been. I've been slacking. I've been slacking big time. I mean, you, you just said we've had like a whole month to do this, and I still haven't done it. So, I don't have all mine ranked and scored. So. That's the truth. But (laughs) I have some ideas and I will be cranking it out here pretty soon, I think. Um, But you are ready to go. So here's what I'll do. This is in an Instagram post. So go check us out on Instagram. Um, And we've got a post that has all the categories that we're going to be using. And so basically how this scoring is going to work, we're going to score it one through 10 in five different categories. And so that gives it a maximum of 50. So are you ready for me to explain the categories, Blake? Yes, and while I'm going through them, since I haven't fully done everything yet, um, I'll explain the category, and then I'll just say which episodes or which chapters um, just pop into my head when I when I think about this category, and that could be in a bad way or a good way. Okay. So first category is we're just calling action. How the action um, unfolds throughout the chapter, how it fits into the story. Um, How thrilling is it? How enjoyable was it to watch? How intense was it? How believable was it? How well choreographed were the sequences, etc, etc. So it's basically evaluating how good the action was. And so when I think about this, uh, this category, the first one that comes to mind is definitely, um, and for better and for worse, the tragedy. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think of the tragedy as being like oversaturated with action and some of the action, I felt like the resolution and the camera angles were kind of made it look really cheesy. But then they also had this really awesome choreographed club combat from Boba Fett and some really cool Boba Fett moments. And so um, that's one that comes to mind for action. Every episode's got a little bit of action and each one, you know, you got to evaluate what, what do you like, you know, because I think everybody has a different taste of what, what kind of action is good to them.
1: I know. I mean, yeah. I'm curious to see what I thought I was curious to see your rankings on the action segment. Cause I know you have a different view than I think most people. So it, I was curious to see what you're going to, you're going to have to say about that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to have to give that some thought. I feel like I have to revisit the chapters like a little bit more in depth to evaluate that.
1: Because, yeah. The first, the first thing was really hard to rank, honestly.
0: Yeah. Cause we haven't, we haven't watched or talked about it recently. Maybe I, just li- maybe I should just re-listen to all of our podcasts. <laughs> <refreshing>. <laughs> maybe everybody should re-listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me go to the next uh, category. The next category we have is arc. So this is like, so seems sort of vague arc. Um, but basically what we've got here and what we're thinking about here is all about development. And it's the development of the characters, character development. And it's the development of the overall plot and story. Um, and, and also the overall tension of the entire thing, the entire series. It's like, where, what, how does this fit in? How does this build the tension? How does this build the plot? How does this build the characters? Um, what does this contribute to the overall arc? What comes to mind for me for this, um, this category is definitely the passenger, because the passenger felt like it didn't contribute much to the- Oh arc, my God, so. I thought you were going to say, oh. <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? Was it does contribute to the- Yeah. Arc? <laughs> Come on, man, I know. <laughs> You know i wouldn't say that i, I was mean gonna lose I,
1: like crap dude <laughs> i
0: I've, I've grown to appreciate the passenger a little bit more as a standalone a little bit more but as in terms of arc i feel like it really misses the mark like it doesn't it doesn't really contribute anything other than things that were already recycled which is the affection and the connection between mando and baby yoda it adds yeah. a tiny bit about the new republic and that's it really so it's yeah it's not the it's not the best And another one that I think of when it comes to arc and this may be one of the better ones for arc is the heiress. So in the the heiress, yeah, they drop this bomb on us that we've all been stoked about, you know, Mando's creed. And then we find out that he's basically part of a extremist group and, you know, borderline terrorist organization. We don't know yet, but it seems like they probably are. And that he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's an extremist and that's, and that, and that, that's ARC, you know, that's like, whoa, like our entire, our entire experience with the overall series is now being pushed in this direction in this really, really compelling way. And so to me, that's like one of the ones that really stands out for ARC as well. Next, next category. So that's two categories down. Category number three, visuals. So here we're talking about how pleasing was this to the eye? we're trying to think about all the different pieces of it. And this, this has some overlap a little bit with action, obviously, but uh, you know, there's everything to do with design, you know, set design, costumes, makeup. um, And then, and then you can kind of go into the cinematography side, camera angles, color palettes, uh, different filters, whatever kind of things they're using. um, You know, they have their, uh, they have their volume uh, adaptable, blue screen thing that's like this new technology so you know the, the the look of the environments all those things and and we also are including here the use of music because the music although it's not a visual thing it sort of enhances the visual aspect of what we're looking at so that's what visuals is all about it's all about the beauty of the chapter how beautiful does it look and definitely the first one that comes to mind for me is the jedi easily uh, the best visually <laughs> episode in the entire series i thought so as well like the the and even even beyond the coloring of it which was just beautiful and i i I am actually annoyed with the star wars fandom people that are upset about the look of ahsoka um if you can't appreciate a live the live action makeup job that these artists did on rosario dawson to make her look like ahsoka and you get hung up on the length of the montrails or you know that she doesn't look exactly like a cartoon, then. I think you need to grow up to be honest, because I mean, <laughs> she looks fantastic. Yeah. It looks good. And, but even beyond that, I mean, the samurai aesthetic in the, in the chapter is amazing. And the, the different angles and, and the uh, positioning of the characters and the costumes. I mean, it's just a really, really visually pleasing episode. Next one, this one definitely has a little bit of overlap with uh arc, but this is writing. And so this is another broad category But really here, the difference between this and ARC is we're kind of just looking at this one chapter and thinking about how is the the, the plot of this chapter, how is it written? Like, does it make sense? Is it compelling? Is it exciting? Is it, you know, does it do all the things that feel good, you know, as a viewer? And then thinking also, you know, all that goes into this is the script, the dialogue, uh, the pacing all these uh, other moving pieces and just how does it feel like it is, well, does it feel like it was a well-written episode on its own right so arc is sort of looking at the bigger development pieces and definitely writing goes into that but writing is kind of even like more micro scale looking at just this one chapter and how it's written um and when i think about writing the one that comes to mind first and i'm gonna start positives is the believer yeah that's an amazing yeah episode Yeah, so the dialogue in *The Believer* was great. Uh, The uh, the character sort of uh, the way the characters are written is is really cool. Um, There's some really well set up scenes. Uh, There's a few things that are a little bit illogical, but um, overall, it's it was like a really uh, I thought it was a really well written episode, and the dialogue is just super good. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one that jumps out to me is the tragedy again. I bring that up again in the negative side. I'm just really poorly written episode. I thought dialogue was weak huge plot holes, um, this is a letdown. Yeah. Just like, and like no, and like no, um, there's just no building of the plot. It's just like sort of, it's really short and just w- one thing happens and it just, it really doesn't, it doesn't really pull you in at all. Yeah. Okay. So that's our four episodes or our four categories so far, action, arc, visuals, and writing. And our last one, this is the, maybe the most fun. Uh, is the force. <laughs> We're calling the category the force. And so the best way to describe this is just the X factor. This is, what does this chapter just capture the spirit of Star Wars? How does it have that oomph, you know, that, just that feeling that really just, you can't really describe it. It just, it just, it just hits you, you know, it just, it just connects with you in that way um, that you can't really fully put words to. And you know, I would call that the force, the strength of the force in the episode. And the first one that comes to mind for me for this is the rescue. Um, and maybe that's cause it's the most recent one I see, but I think about the feelings I felt while I was watching the rescue. I was like, dang, like that's Luke Skywalker, yeah. you know? And <laughs> the aesthetics of it and just like the whole, everything coming together and just having Luke Skywalker there, the force was really strong. And I was like, dang, the X factor here is, is, is really, is amped up. I'll turn the time over to you now, Blake. I've I've just carried on for a while, so now now that the floor is yours to give us some of your rankings.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we we'll, we will be posting these, so you can see exactly why what we gave what rankings we gave each episode. And I think I I, I maybe maybe something I'm being too lenient on, or I'm 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 too giddy on them. So you gotta, you just gotta tell me that you, should, <sighs> you can think this is too high or too low. But let's start with number sixteen. Coming, oh, starting at the bottom. <laughs> Coming in at 16, uh, passenger shocker, right? <laughs> oh, dang, dude. Uh, I gave this episode a nine, nine out of 50. What? Yeah. A nine? <laughs> well, it, it doesn't drive the plot. Oh, that's brutal, dude. I know, I know. And I love Frog Lady, which sucks. Like, I like Frog Lady, but it's like, this whole spider thing is so dumb. The, the New Republic pilots don't even come into play later. So it's like, it this if you didn't watch this episode, you'd be fine. Like you would, like you didn't miss anything in the plot. It was so, it was yeah. so annoying to me. And like the, he's like fighting spiders. Like the, even the action, I was like, are you, like this is the storyline you're gonna give us? Is him fighting spiders? Like seriously, <laughs> man. Like how dumb. Like I was so mad at that. And like visually, like it's okay. So I gave visually. And like even the Force, it's like this has nothing to do with Star Wars. Like it doesn't seem Star Wars like (laughs) to me at all.
0: Oh, dang, dude. That's savage.
1: And I don't want to go into every single one, but I had to throw some shade at that one,
0: like always, because I hate that episode. Anyways. (laughs) What was your, what was the the lowest of all the categories? Uh, Let's see. Passenger, I
1: have zero for arc and zero for writing.
0: Oh, wow. That is, that
1: is bold. Okay. So what was the highest you gave it? I gave it a five for visual.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough. so what's your 15? I'm like, uh, I'm not going to argue on, I think I'm going to end up a little bit different on the passenger, but you, let me know. <laughs> okay. Uh, 15. I got the tragedy, bro. Okay. <laughs> oh dude, this is right. This is where the followers and the listeners are just gonna start getting, <laughs> getting a little bit, a little bit irked, I think, but let's, let's, let's hear what you have to say. And this is why, because I love, I like Boba Fett. Like I'm not,
1: I'm not, I know in previous episodes I have been kind of annoyed with the Boba Fett fandom And I still kind of am, but it's not like a bash on the character or his acting or it's a bash on John Favreau. Even the the director, he did what he could with what he was given. And Mm -hmm. it's like, this was the biggest letdown. So I couldn't let it off the hook. It was like, we had this huge setup of, them going to the planet where the freaking jedi were created this is where like the force and the dark night and the dark side were discovered and they they like started this religion they started all
0: this stuff and they didn't talk about it at all nothing what a letdown dude it's 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 a massive missed opportunity just just yeah super disappointing i i killed me
1: and then they changed the canon of it the, the, the location of the
0: planet like yeah which is which is also just like a huge violation of like the history of the jedi and like the history of the force as we previously knew it which Which is so dumb
1: and and the plot holes of the the jetpack and they had 76 on-screen deaths of stormtroopers coming out of these two (laughs) tiny ass you know uh shuttles yeah yeah and i was like you like got to be kidding me like this is so dumb and i don't know it's such a letdown and boba's fight scene like they just jam-packed it with action which is not my thing. You know, I I want storyline. I want plot. I want them to, to actually fight smart. It's like we have the boulder scene of these stormtroopers troopers running from a boulder. It's like, like seriously, like just so like, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I loved, I do love how, you know, uh, Tim, uh, Tim, gosh, um he put in like his new zealand culture i love that like i'm not bashing yeah. that in any way at all like i'm just saying the the writing itself was so lazy and it seemed like it honestly seemed like and especially coming after the interviews of john Fabro saying or robert rodriguez saying yeah me and john were talking i didn't even know this was like this until i got the script and i was like okay clearly john knew he was messing up and he didn't want to tell you until yeah. you saw i was like that- and everyone's saying like, oh, John knew exactly what Robert Rodriguez was going to do. So he picked the right guy for the job. And I was like, no, no, no. You do not tell the person who's going to direct this this episode the day they get the script. Like, hey, just fill in whatever you want. You got to tell him beforehand, like, hey, I don't really know what I'm going to do. So like, do you think it's possible that you can, you know, you know make more of the storyline, flesh out more of this? But no, he just says. Like he got the script and he's like, I was like shocked how short it was. So I was so annoyed at that. And it seems like they were busy doing other stuff. And it, it, that also came true. We knew that they were, you know, filming, working on the Ahsoka show. So it's like, they kind of like had given up on that episode because it was toward the end of the Mandalorian. So like, they probably like, were just kind of done with it. And knew that they needed to focus on other stuff. So I was very annoyed. Such a letdown. So yeah. that's why I, that was that episode. I couldn't let I couldn't let that go. And everyone's yeah. saying that was the best episode ever. Like that that was nowhere near what good writing should be. You know.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. And and one of the most painful things, and you said this right at the beginning of your evaluation, is the fact that there was so much opportunity to have a lot of good writing in this episode. It's not like it was, it's not like by the nature of the, the events that take place in this chapter that it needed to be um, a really short script. Like they, there was so much potential to fill it in with a lot of stuff, especially because they're on Tython, they're on fricking Tython. And you know, there's, there's, so, there was so much opportunity to fill it in with like really, really interesting and, and like, really compelling like uh writing and and storyline and development and they just didn't do any of that and poor robert rodriguez man i feel bad for the guy but you know and he said it himself he said that he usually cuts a script by several minutes because he's a fast filmer he films things quickly he's not a slow burn filmer um and so yeah no it's i'll echo what, everything you said and <laughs> i i do think that we're gonna be em- uh, mostly in agreement on this on this particular chapter i mean even the
1: set design it's like they had one temple like a tiny little it wasn't even like a extravagant temple this tiny little dinky stone like on top of a rock and you on couldn't of see that, it man. like and it was like it's this vast empty open space it's like there were people living here you guys know that right like there should be more stuff here like So show some ruins, show some, like, I don't know. It's
0: like this. Give us a, give us a reason to have a connection to the place. Like there's even, even like the, even the. The random locations they go to in this season, they give us like quirky or random endearing things about the locations for us to feel a connection to even like Trask, you know, they give us the weird, the weird chowder tube thing. I mean, that's weird, but it's like, at least they, at least they animated the location a little bit and they gave it a little bit of character. Um, But yeah, this one, it's just rocks and bushes. there's, (laughs) there's There's no character to the planet at all. Just put your
1: damn jetpack on, man! Come on.
0: <laughs> okay, well,
1: moving we don't want to yeah. bash this. We yeah, don't want to bash
0: on. this for too long. We're gonna get.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the next few, I'll just kind of go through um, pretty quickly. Okay. I have the fourteen. I have the gunslinger. Um, okay. Thirteen. I have the prisoner. It barely etched out uh, the gunslinger. I just think because the action is a little bit more, is a little bit better. I think in. Hmm the prisoner just because it has like that horror vibe to it you know when mando escapes the, the yes. cell which, yeah. I, which i did like but i hated the dialogue i have uh one that kind of shocked me was i have the siege coming in at 12 i i feel like i wow. like that more i know i feel like i liked that when i first watched it but then as i was ranking i was like man, it kind of does kind of fall a little flat for me that was yeah a, you know that's yeah, a 37
0: that's, out of 50 yeah that's interesting because i feel the same way i feel like it's like the forgotten episode from this season it really is what- because the week it came out, people were buzzing about the cloning facility and the, you know, the big uh, tank or the big, yeah, the big tank f- with the person in there and, you know, the Pershing drop and all that. People were freaking out. And then, but there, I don't think there was anything that actually happened within that episode that really, that really, really uh, connected with people. So that was a really interesting one to see the, the lifespan of the fandom's relationship to that chapter. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see coming at 11 i have the reckoning
0: oh wow the wreck really interesting
1: yeah, i know kind of far down i, I was also that's really surprising
0: too. to me I'm, I'm i don't know i feel like i'm gonna i can't say for sure but i i would be really surprised if i ended up with the reckoning ranked lower than redemption to be honest oh really okay i actually i think I've, I've heard you said that before but yeah, but I think that I'm. I think I'm in the minority in that. I think the majority of people really like Redemption, and maybe I do like a, a Redemption little bit, a, lot, a little yeah. bit less. Stoked on Reckoning. Okay, all
1: right, and then number ten, I have The Mandalorian at forty-one out of fifty, wow. the Child oh. at forty-two out of fifty, coming at number nine.
0: Okay, so you're already in the forties, and we're at number nine. Yeah. Oh wow! You think that's too race. high, or what? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't done. I haven't fully like fleshed mine out yet, so I could be in the same boat, but. Like, I mean, you've got like nine chapters left and only nine numbers between I, know. I and 50. <laughs> I,
1: I do have something. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'll see, I'll see what I say. You start, you start breaking down the point fives, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. I actually don't. And I probably should. But wow. You know, I, got, I got something kind of funny here. Okay. Uh, coming in at number eight, I have the Sanctuary. I think this is such an overlooked episode. I love this Ooh, episode. Okay. And I know people don't like it at all. Um, but I love this episode. I think it's so overlooked. So what what in in terms of categories? What are the things that that you thought were really good in this episode? So I I really liked the arc in this one. I feel like that is comp- like totally overlooked. Of uh-huh. Ando is this you know hardened? I mean, he's on the run. He's this hardened bounty hunter trying to hide this child for no reason. Like like yes, the child saved him, but it's like you would think someone like him would kind of save his own uh, save his own skin. But then you remember like oh man, he's a foundling. Like he he was in the same boat as this child. And then he goes and tries to, tries to find, you know, refuge. Um, and then he helps these people when he doesn't need to, like he, it's not his problem and yet he shows compassion to them. Yeah. He helps them. And then at the end he's tempted to forego the bounty hunting lifestyle and go to Omera, And I'm like, dude, this is so, this is such good writing. Like this is so amazing. Uh, And they talk about, you know, really interesting. He's never taken off his helmet until, since he was a child. And it's like, that, that's so like, that's so deep and that's so interesting. And he, he, he thinks about it. He wants that life. He wants that family life. And yet he can't right now because he's in that debt and he wants to save the child. So I love that character development of him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree that that was something that is very overlooked. I think that a lot of, a lot of the things that we just take as assumptions going into season two are uh, things we just know about Din Djarin are things that we learn about him in this chapter. Um, it, like regarding like his commitment to the creed and regarding yeah. his, his just like, a, a, just a lot about his like personality almost or his, his dreams and hopes and, and just about his character um, and yeah. his values. No. Yeah. So I think it's so good. People overlook it, but
1: uh, right coming at number seven, I have the redemption uh, season, Ooh, one, okay. season one finale. I really liked it. I loved you know, kind of getting to know Moff Gideon and seeing um in the, you know, the sacrifice of IG 11, one of my favorites from the, the whole series, you know, Uh-huh. being more of Mando, he, you know, he turn, learns to love IG 11. And so, I mean, I don't know. I like that episode a lot. So this is the funny part. I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. I, I have a four way oh. tie, man. Four way. Okay, No, that's, that's to be expected. Right. I mean, we can't, these were, I think that's fine. These are so close. So coming in at f- number four, so like I'm grouping these all at four. I have the sin, yeah. the Marshall, okay. the heiress. Oh, just, just three, just those
0: three. Never mind, Those okay. are four. The sin, the Marshall and the heiress tied.
1: And I really want to, you know, kind of retract what I said initially about the Marshall. And I feel bad about how I initially reviewed it when we first did our episode, because I, it wasn't my favorite because I felt like it was a filler, which I still kind of feel like it is a filler, but after going through, um, the passenger and the tragedy, like the Marshall was amazing. Like it was an yeah. hour, it was hour long almost. And it was so detailed and so, so much backstory given and showing, you know, these people developing the storyline of the Tuscan Raiders. And I, I loved how long it was. And I mm-hmm. really, I really appreciate that. Now we can see how good that episode was. So I know that's a big fan favorite and I see why now that was a really good episode.
0: There you go, dude. And then
1: the sin is what my favorite from the first season. I loved, you know, the development of Mando. He goes back, he realizes how wrong he, what he's doing. He goes back for the child. And then the heiress, I loved, love, love, love the heiress. I think that was such a good episode. um, Seeing Bo-Katan in action. And then that whole thing that you had mentioned of we were all in a cult. Every single viewer was in a cult. That was such good writing, such good development. So that was a really, really good episode for me. And then three, two, and one. These are very hard, very difficult. I
0: gave- I'm tr- i I'm trying to even think what's left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, I have The Rescue coming at number three.
0: Oh, okay. I know.
1: And initially, I wanted to do it number one because I love Luke Skywalker, one of my favorites, you know, in the entire Star Wars. But I felt like there were times the writing was a little flat for me. And yeah. it was so mirrored in Disney that like Endgame and Marvel that I could not look past that but okay. I still love the episode and I just don't like the plot hole of here. We have Bo-Katan standing in the, on the deck. And while Din Djarin is going to fight him Gideon and it's like, she was the one that said, I, I need to fight him Gideon. And so why is she standing on the deck? You know, just like looking out into space. So, and then I know it creates that tension for season three. So I understand why they did it, but it's like, can they at least like have her like fighting or something or. Yeah. They could have had her doing logical things. <laughs> like actually being occupied, you know? So yeah, that would have been nice to see, but. So I have that. And the X factor obviously is a 10 Luke Skywalker shows up, which was incredible. And that was amazing. Yes. And number two, I have the believer. This was such a good episode for me, man. Oh yes, dude. I love the writing and I loved Mayfield's development. I hated him in the prisoner, absolutely hated and despised his character. But now I'm like, man, that was, he was such a misunderstood misunderstood. Yeah. Thank you. Gosh, (laughs) such a misunderstood character. And it's like, he was just trying to survive, and him and Amanda really are similar, you know, and yeah, like him saying, you know, like, I didn't see your face, and him, you know, shooting the officer, it's like, that shows his true character, and I really like that about that episode.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: And then, obviously, coming in number one, dude, the Jedi, I have that at a perfect 50, dude, I, I couldn't oh! <laughs> there was the stuff I couldn't knock and I was just like, man, this episode visually was amazing, the arc we got such a good backstory of um Grogu we got an, uh, some more development on Ahsoka's character and Din Djarin's character it's like we got these such huge development in these characters and then uh-huh. we have amazing choreo for the action scenes we have the white iconic white uh blades going on against this you know dingy clouded uh, uh backdrops and stuff and then like the whole samurai movie uh oh, similarities yeah. like Filoni killed it and then they have the Thrawn drop so like this whole episode was just amazing like I didn't think there was a dull moment this entire episode and Ro- Rosario Dawson killed her um Ahsoka Tano um role and I just loved yeah. everything about those episodes so this was definitely my favorite and even initially I was like after this episode I was, was like I was beyond stoked like I could not get get down from this high I was <laughs> on this episode so that's my rankings. Um, so I definitely want to hear what yours come. So get those done so I can hear, I can hear and, and dude, see those, man.
0: Dude, I should just, we should, I'll do it next week. How about, how about we'll just do uh, you know, your rankings in this podcast, my rankings in our next podcast. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm way. down for that. That's cool.
0: That'll be a fun way to keep people wrapped in as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, sick dude. No, dude. I think that's a good list. I think that's a, I think mine are. there's going to be some differences, but I think mine are going to be, are going to be, similar in more ways than they're different probably. Yeah. I'm curious.
1: And I want to hear you guys thoughts too. everyone that's listening. We're going to post about this sometime, sometime soon. We don't know within the, the week or two, but I want to hear what you guys thoughts. So if you guys don't agree with me, let me know why. And I, I don't, I don't want to be, I always say that I don't want to be the emperor. I don't want to be a dictator telling you guys what's right <laughs> and what's good, but I'm just saying like, throw me some, throw me some valid um, thoughts that you guys are having. Let me know your rankings with our uh, five categories and let me see if I'm off or what you guys think. So we'd love to hear from you guys.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh man. Good stuff, dude. Good stuff. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, thanks for listening to another edition of Sabak Talk. Uh, we're going to be sort of uh, like we said, we're going to be revealing now my half of the rankings and scores um, in next uh, next week's podcast. And so that'll be sweet. Um, please uh, stay, You know, continue to engage with us on Instagram, over email, whatever. Um, And uh, we hope to uh, have you listening again next week. We look forward to it. Um, Thank you so much uh, for being here. And um, this is uh, Sabak Talk signing off.